The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 6. Let's rise on our feet for the reading of the word again this morning. 2 Corinthians 4 and 6. You know what to ask your neighbor, Abby? Want to go? You ask your neighbor. Uh-huh, thank you. <laughs> oh, my daughter gave us a treat this morning. I keep talking about this children's revelation. It's is really helping me. So there are some songs we sing around her. She stays singing. She's been doing it, but today was quite vocal. She stays singing the song with us. So I think if you come to church regularly, the Bible says you should be like little children. You should know my operation now. Where is your Bible? I don't need to repeat it for you again. Am I right? 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6. Hallelujah. I want to talk to us, or one of the first thoughts I want to deal with this morning is, I've shared this with us every now and then in church, the oxymorons and contradictions in Christianity. Again, an oxymoron is, in literature, it's a figure of speech where you construct a sentence or a phrase in a way that you are putting two contradictory things together for dramatic effect or to drive home your point. So somebody said, he showed me cruel, um, cruel love. Or someone said, I'm, I'm making haste slowly. <laughs> or like that guy wrote in that very powerful love song, since we are getting ready for couples gig. I love all your perfect imperfections. Which one is it? Are you perfect or imperfect? Are you making haste or you are slow? Are you cruel or do you love? So in literature, they put words like that just for effect's sake. The Bible is like that. Christianity is like that. Contradictions and oxymorons. And I think many people struggle with living the Christian life, experiencing what God has for us today is an impartation service. Many people struggle with these things because they don't know how to reconcile these oxymorons and contradictions. In fact, it derails some people. As we read the text this morning, I want you to just observe the contradictions in this portion of scriptures and see how it relates to you. And as I go on in the message, we'll get into the core of what we are dealing with. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, I read, you just follow. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. That's amazing. Light out of darkness. Who has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Verse 8, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. Persecuted, but we are not forsaken. Why can't we just take the persecution away and so that we are just never forsaken? But that's not how it is. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. 
always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. We are carrying his death in our body so that his life can manifest. Why doesn't he just take the death away so it's only life? Oxymorons. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Verse 12, so death is working in us. (laughs) Death is working in us, but life is working in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I made confession. I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we make confessions. We speak. Knowing that he who raised up Jesus, our Lord Jesus, will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Verse 16. Therefore, we take heart. Take heart. We don't lose heart. Even though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, is working for us. The affliction is working for us. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Father, thank you for the blessing upon the reading and the hearing of your word. Speak to our hearts again this morning. Touch us one and all. Let the anointing that you have made available for us to walk in, that is available for every member of this church, let it be imparted afresh upon our lives. And let us live the way you intended for us to live, with resurrection power in Jesus' name. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Christianity is a faith of contradictions. The earlier you understand that, the better for you. The earlier you're able to reconcile that in your everyday life and your everyday walk with God, the better for you. Um, the text we just read In verse 6, Paul talks about light and darkness. God bringing out light from darkness. Why doesn't he just eliminate the darkness so that we only have light? When you get to heaven, you ask him. Verse 7, he talked about the divine treasure of God in earthen vessels. The divine being in the human. Verse 8 to verse 14, the core of the text, it talked about death and life, death and resurrection. Praise God. 
Now, these are not things that happen to us once in a while. These are things that are everyday occurrences. Death is at work in us. You are not going to get rid of death. You are not going to get rid of the darkness. You are not going to get rid of the earthen vessel. However, out of death, by the power of resurrection, you can keep having new life. And you are going to have to manage that contradiction. You will never pray a prayer. Ah, God, I don't want to have any more challenges in life. Or I don't want to have any more death. It's not going to happen. Okay, they can share the story about the man that came to pray, means he prayed for me that I won't have any more challenges in life. And he laid hands on him and said, God, take him to heaven. And the guy said, ah, no, that's not what I want. No, it's only when you get to heaven that you will only have perfect light and no darkness. In Lagos, Nepal will take your light. At least for, for now. <laughs> Praise God. Verse 16, he talked about the outward perishing and the inward being renewed. Contradictions. Verse 17, he talked about affliction, walking glory for us. Some people don't want the affliction, but they want the glory. My brother, my sister, Kulewek. It comes hand in hand. Glory to God. And in verse 18, it talked about the seen versus the unseen, the temporal versus the eternal. Are you still here this morning? Beyond the text we read in the Bible, we we, we have admonitions of heaven on earth. That's the Christian life. It's heaven on earth. Um, Being heavenly minded while you are living in earthly places. Contradiction. Christianity is being in this world and not being of this world. It is the Holy Spirit dwelling inside unholy humans. You and I. What a contradiction. A holy God. Thrice holy God. That can behold iniquity. Dwelling inside you and I that iniquity is around left, right and center. Contradictions. It is God Choosing and using imperfect people to preach as his living epistles a perfect gospel. You know, some people, this, this is why some people say they are primary Christians. They say, look at these Christians. They are all hypocrites. They are all this. Yes. You won't find a perfect Christian. You will not find a perfect pastor. You will not find a perfect church. God chooses to use imperfect people. As his epistles. Why can't God come and just preach to the world himself? No, he chooses to use you and I. And as you are preaching that gospel, they will say, ah, you. I can see you are preaching healing. Look at sickness in your life. That's God. Contradictions. Christianity is dying to live. Some Christians struggle with this. It is dying to self. In order for the life of Christ to be manifested in you. And that's why some people, they have not died to themselves yet. You still want to live your own way. You won't enjoy the Christian life. Look at Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. Apostle Paul said, crucified means I've died. 
I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer Pastor T that is living. But Christ now lives in Pastor T. This is how to do Christianity. It's dying to yourself. You, you kill yourself so that the Christ life can be manifested through you. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, or faith in the Son of God, or like in James Paul, the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Glory be to God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Why does God do this? Maybe if we can attempt to answer that question, it will help us. Why does God choose contradictions? Why does God choose contradictions? This text gives us an answer or into the thinking of God. 1 Corinthians 1.27. Are you there, somebody? Hello? Are you there? Okay. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God did not choose the wise people to put to shame or to teach or to instruct the wise. No. He chose fools. I mean, why? Why? And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the mighty. I would have thought he would choose the mightier to deal with the mighty or the wiser to deal with the wise. No. He chose contradictions. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, zero. God chooses zero to make a hero statement. He has chosen the things that are not to bring to nothing the things that are. This is the reason. This is why God chooses contradictions. This is why God chooses you, an imperfect, unholy human being, for his spirit to dwell in you and to preach his perfect gospel through you. Verse 29, that no flesh may glory in his presence. Amazing. He does it so that nobody will be able to boast. You see, if God goes to the wise to display wisdom, they will say it's my Harvard degree. If God goes to the rich to display wealth, they will say it's my business acumen. So he chooses the guy that has nothing so that when God begins to demonstrate his glory through him, hallelujah, he will always give the glory to God. (laughs) Praise the Lord. That no flesh may glory in his presence. Glory be to God. So I, I want to ask you a question this morning. Let, let me move on here. I've been established that God chooses and uses contradictions. This is the main question I want to present to you, and I'm going to answer it for you. Which extremes in these contradictions? We know God will bring light out of darkness. We know God will bring life out of death. We know God will bring wisdom out of foolishness. Which of these extremes, light and darkness, foolish, wisdom and foolishness, um, strength and weakness, which of these extremes is dominant in your life? Because this is the problem many people have. Um, God comes to you 
in your weak state, in your broke state, in your um, sinful state, in your beaten down state, and it begins to tell you great and marvelous things. And instead of you gravitating towards what God is doing inside of you, you are allowing the weakness that you have known all your life and the, the challenges that are all around you to dominate the way you live your life. And many people miss out on God. Because after all, if God was in my life, why is this sickness still on my body? Ah, if I'm prosperous, why am I still broke? No. It's because you are broke. That's why God is choosing you to to display prosperity. Hallelujah. So which one is dominant? Which one are you allowing to rule your life? And I want to tell you this morning, don't focus. Don't get fixated on the wrong things. Glory be to God. You can come into a church like this, and because God puts his treasure in earthen vessels, all the things that are obvious to you and are dominant to you and you are getting fixated on are the things we are not doing right. The imperfections. And you get so consumed about the imperfections, you fail to see the glory that God is manifesting through us in our imperfections. Let's look at your personal life. You can live life in a place like our city, our country, and our nation. And rather than embracing the resurrection life, the spirit of God inside of you, the new life you have in Christ, and using that to dominate the way you live your life, all the pressure and all the naked, um, uh, adversity and the backwardness in Nigeria is what is dominating you, and that's what you are fixated on. Are you getting me this morning? I don't know whether you ever, ever had the story of when telecoms was coming to Nigeria. And I don't have all the perfect facts, so people in the telecoms industry bear with me, but I know I have the general gist. Um, the leading South African company that could have come to Nigeria was Vodacom. It was in MTN. And when they came and they looked at Nigeria, they saw the corruption, they saw the lack of infrastructure, and all the mess that was in Nigeria, they said, no, we are not doing it. And their choosing not to do it made a way for MTN. When MTN came, they saw the corruption, they saw the lack of infrastructure, and said, hey, 150 million people. Chai. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. They saw the treasure in earthen vessels. MTN made so much money, and is still making so much money. You know, they said they fired a lot of top executives in Vodacom for making that wrong decision to walk away from Nigeria when the opportunity was there. Contradictions. And God walks in the midst of contradictions. And what I'm telling you is this. What are you allowing to dominate the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act, the way you behave? Is it the negative sides like Vodacom? Or are you looking for the treasure in earthen vessels and focusing on that like MTN? Glory be to God. Let me go further here because of time because this is really where we are going today. Somebody pray this with me this morning. Say, Lord, anoint me afresh. Say it again. Lord, anoint me afresh. One more time. Say, Father, I need your anointing. On a whole new level. Now, hear me. Hear me very well. 
one major, major way God helps us to deal with these contradictions, and please don't forget what I'm saying, the contradictions will never go away. One major way, major, am I emphasizing major enough for you? Or you mean to say five more times? One major way God helps us to overcome and deal with contradictions is that he anoints us. He blesses us. In the midst of our contradictions, he empowers us. And this is the point. If you miss the anointing, you may never be able to overcome your contradictions. You may end up being that Christian that even though he has eternal life and the Holy Spirit inside of him and the treasure of heaven inside of him, he is still being dominated by the negativeness of his circumstances and his situations. That will never be your story in Jesus' name. God anoints us. So the anointing, walking in the anointing, living down, is paramount for a Christian. It is dangerous for believers not to function in the anointing that God has given them. Because they may never overcome their contradictions. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Let me give you two or three examples from scripture. God had, he came to a point, I'm not going to go with Saul anymore. I I want to anoint King David. And again, look at the oxymoron. God wanted a king. And instead of looking for a prince or someone that is being groomed as a king, who did God look for? He looked for a shepherd boy. (sighs) Chose the base to confound the wise. Chose the zero to make a hero. That's God. So, 1 Samuel 16, 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will I mourn for Saul? How long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil. Amazing. And go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. And even among the sons, there were those that looked kingly. There were those that were being groomed in the army to be king, but God rejected all of them. Is that shepherd boy that nobody thinks anything can come out of his life? That's the one I want. But please watch what God did for David. He didn't say, send David to the school of king apprenticeship. He didn't say, Let, let's send David where they can teach him to write and, 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 and read. Now, David learned to write and read. David went to the palace for apprenticeship. All that happened. But look at what God prescribed. Anoint him. Anoint him. If he is functioning in the anointing, he will get the education he needs. He will get the access into the palace that he needs. If he ignores the anointing, before he takes one step towards Goliath, they will have cut off his head. So David had to function in the anointing. Like you and I have to function in the anointing. In the midst of his contradictions, a shepherd boy with a destiny to be king. Like there's one broke person under the sound of my voice this morning with a destiny to be rich. He had to learn to function in the anointing. And over a space of time, took him a while. Took him a while. But that anointing brought him into the palace. Glory be to God. Kept him in the palace and he excelled in the palace. 
you will excel in your God-given destiny in the name of Jesus. The anointing of God that is coming upon your life on a new level today will take you to higher places in the name of Jesus. I decree over you again, this is the least you will ever be. The anointing of God will lift up your head. In the name of Jesus. God anoints us to help us deal with our contradictions. So while you are in that journey of shepherd boy to becoming king, factor the anointing. Learn to walk with the anointing. Learn to walk, W-O-R-K. Learn to walk in the anointing. Know about the anointing. Don't be ignorant about the anointing. And use the anointing, bless God. Or else you will die a shepherd boy. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. Second Corinthians chapter 12, Apostle Paul's story. I want us to read a few verses here. This is a very um, popular verse of story. Second Corinthians 12. Glory be to God. Listen to what Apostle Paul said. Let's start from verse 7. I know you are familiar. Read it again. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation. God gave him revelation. Glory be to God. The revelation was so that Paul will be exalted like he is exalted now. Paul has gone 2,000 years. We are still preaching Paul every Sunday morning. We are preaching the revelations of Paul more than Jesus himself that brought the revelation. Because it was Paul God gave the insight to the revelation Jesus brought. Jesus didn't expound the mystery of the new creation. Paul did. Paul is exalted. Lest that exaltation should come, watch what happened. A messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan. Contradictions. In fact, some people even believe God sent Satan to, because of, and the way he wrote it, and I think Paul wrote it that way. No, Satan was just attacking him like Satan is attacking you. Like Satan is stopping you from walking in health. Stopping you from walking in victory. That's all. His own was just magnified. And watch, watch the oxymoron here and the contradictions here. So a messenger of Satan, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted. The, the glory that God ordained for me, Satan didn't want me to walk in it. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with God three times that I might depart from me. Verse 9. And God said to me, let me expand wrong. I will not take away the thorn in the flesh. I will leave it there. You didn't see that one there, but that's what God's saying. However, my grace is sufficient for you. I won't take away the problem. I will give you grace. I will anoint you. I will empower you. Glory be to God. Contradict. Why can't God take away the thorn in the flesh? No, sir. When you get to heaven, ask him why he doesn't do it. Christianity is a faith of contradictions. Paul, why this thorn in the flesh is there? Write that Bible in prison. By the anointing and the grace I give you. I won't take away the thorn in the flesh. My grace is sufficient for you. Look at it very closely. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And Apostle Paul went on to tell us the adjustment he made. My point to you is this. God anoints us to deal with our contradictions. And to the degree 
Praise God. We exercise ourselves in the anointings available to us. To that degree, we determine which of the extremes is dominant in our lives. Whether it is light or darkness. Whether it is the thorn in the flesh or the abundance of revelation that God gave you. Turn on the flesh from Satan, abundance of revelation that God gave you. Oh, hallelujah. Third case this morning, very quickly. Isaiah 61 verse 1. Jesus came and he declared, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has what? Anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. I'm not going to take away their poverty. I'm going to preach good tidings to them. They are saying they are trying to eradicate poverty. Flash news. They are wasting their time. Poverty is going to be here forever. Till Jesus comes. Let me just give you expo. It will be here. But you know what God will do? In the midst of poverty, God will give us good news. And if we will believe the good news, receive the good news, walk in the anointing that preaches the good news, we will overcome poverty. But that you wake up one day, there's no, there is poverty in Switzerland. White House, the next street, there's poverty there. On the road of White House, inside the White House. Because the president can be poor on the inside. Contradictions. I will anoint you. You will preach to the poor. The anointing is going to solve their poverty. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Ah, you mean with all that healing anointing Jesus carried, there's this sickness in the world. It will be here forever. So Jesus preached at the beautiful gate after he left. There was still a crippled man by the beautiful gate. It's going to be here forever. To open prison to those people will be in prison forever. Both Alagon and the prison of the person that comes to church. It's free in church, but it's not free on the inside. But the anointing will help them. It will help them deal with that contradiction. Ah, God, take away every prison. After all, you came to set the captives free. I know, I came. But this is how I do it. My own kind of setting captives free is not that there will not be prison any longer. It's that I will anoint you. Ah, I hope you are hearing me this morning. This is where people struggle. Ah, if God is there, if God answered our prayer, why are there sick people in church? Because of the contradictions that God chooses. And I told you why he chooses the contradictions. It's not that he's trying to confuse us. It's so that none of us will be able to boast. So that when God brings you out, and God is bringing you out. In fact, the truth is God has brought you out already. You will give him the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to tell somebody this morning under the sound of my voice. Let me begin to close. Please, I said all that to get to this point. Let the grace of God, let the anointing of God, let the strength of God that God gives you, let it speak loudest in your life. I will say that again because I want to catch you. Don't let the darkness be the one speaking. The darkness will be there. The darkness will be there. But don't let the darkness be the thing that is speaking in your life. Let the anointing speak in your life. The imprisonment may be there, Paul. 
But while you are in prison, let this abundance of revelation that we have given you, let it be what is speaking in your life, not that I'm in prison. And if you do that, you write the Bible in prison. You don't even have to come out of the prison. You can even die in the prison. It's okay. As long as my anointing is the one speaking loudest in your life. So the prisoner is telling the people that are free, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Amazing. Let the anointing be what is speaking loudest in your life. Some of you are letting Lagos traffic speak louder than the grace of God upon your life. You are letting the economic backwardness in Lagos speak louder. No. Let the anointing and the grace be what is speaking loudest in your life. You are in a contradiction. And it will be here forever. Recognize that God chooses. And God uses contradictions. He won't take it away. But he will anoint us. Hallelujah. And when we take that anointing by faith. You take these things by faith. And walk in it. Even though we are in prison, we are writing Bible. Oh, hallelujah. Even though we are in prison, Paul said death is working in us. Life is working in you. Amazing. Glory be to God. And let me finally close. First and foremost, and we talked about this last week, you are already anointed. If you are born again. Hello? You are already graced if you are born again. Pastor, when did it happen? The moment you got born again. That's when the spirit of God moved on your inside. And that's when the grace of God was poured out upon you. Somebody shout out loud, I'm already anointed. I'm already anointed. I'm already graced. I'm already, graced. I'm already strengthened with might. As a child of God. And everybody that is not born again, that wants to be anointed, should get born again. That's the only way you're going to get it. Can I hear a loud amen? Amen. But there's a dimension of the anointing which we refer to as impartation. And please, I want you to catch this because there are some people in the body of Christ that say, hey, I'm already born again. I don't need anybody to pray for me. I don't need any man to impart me. No, that's not what we read in the Bible. There is anointings that rest on people in the capacity of their ministry offices. For example, I am anointed for this church as the senior pastor over this church. And I can impart that anointing on any member of this church. Jesus called 70 people together. And the Bible said he anointed them or he gave them power and he told them go and heal the sick and he said freely you have received freely give that's what an impartation service is about the anointing that God puts on people for it to be shared on other people they are already anointed though if they are saved they already have grace at work if they are born again but there is this proviso both you will see it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament in the Old Testament, God called Moses in Numbers 11. Gather 70 elders, like Jesus anointed 70 of his disciples. 
Numbers 11 from verse 16. The Lord said to Moses, gather to me 70 men of Israel who you know to be elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle. Let them stand with thee. I will come down. I will talk with you there. Watch the impartation. I will take of the spirit that is upon you and I will put it on them. I will put the same on them. All of them were covenant children of Abraham. It wasn't that they were not Israelites. They were Israelites. They had the same covenant like Moses. But Moses, in the capacity of his office as a prophet over the nation, had unique graces and anointings that God could take and impart on the others. Come over with me to the New Testament. Romans chapter 11, I mean chapter 1, the same principle. Apostle Paul speaking. For I long to see you. I long to see you. That I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. Somebody say impartation. To the end that you may be established. So there is this dimension of us living in the anointing, walking in the anointing, where God takes the grace he has put on certain individuals, the grace he has put on certain ministries and commissions. There are certain anointings upon King's Word. There are certain anointings on Dr. K. Hallelujah. And any member or anyone that is in submission, whether as a partner or a friend to King's Word that believes and is interested, can be imparted with those graces. That's what today's service is all about. Hallelujah. Somebody say impartation. The Lord spoke to me. I want you to have three impartation services in the coming months. This is the first one. And this is what God is going to do. He will take on the grace that he has put upon my life as the pastor of the church. He will take up the grace that is on Dr. K's life. See, in an impartation service, all manner of things can happen. It all depends on people's faith. He will take up the grace that is on Reverend Victor's life. I've shared these things with you before in church. He will take up the grace that is on Reverend George's life. He will take up the grace that is on any man of God. In the kingdom of God. That anybody is willing to believe God for. Can point. He will take up the grace of people that were in scriptures. The anointing on David. The anointing on Joseph. The anointing on Ewill. If somebody will believe for it. And please remember where I started from. This is how you overcome contradictions on life. I live in this world. I have not been sick in 25 years. With all the sickness that is all around the place. I live in Nigeria, born in, I've not been broke all my life. I was checking my finances. I saw that God has changed some things again. More money is coming. More opportunities are coming. It's grace. Hello? It's not anything else but the grace of God. Hallelujah. And the good news is God can take of that grace. Kayato satire alabasha. And place it on other people. Me too, I got it from people. I got it. You need to be aware of this. Are you with me this morning? Rise up on your feet. Lift those hands to heaven where you are. 
I long to see you. I long to see you. That I may impart to you some spiritual gift. To the end that the contradictions in your life may not overwhelm you. Glory be to God. I said lift your hands, talk to God. You are going to have to use your faith for this thing. Freely I have received. Freely we are sharing this morning. Beyond what you can imagine. What would you like to see in your life that grace can handle? This is the time to believe God for it. What is that contradiction you are struggling with? You see, one of the reasons why God gives us impartations from other men and from other ministries is though we have grace, sometimes we struggle. There are different levels of grace. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. I am absolutely convinced. Look at me, everybody. No member of this church will be struggling with sickness and disease. Because your pastor doesn't struggle with sickness and disease. I am absolutely convinced nobody's marriage should be upside down in this church because your pastor's marriage is not upside down. I am absolutely convinced that nobody should be struggling financially in this church. Your pastor is not struggling financially. And these things are happening in his life. Remember, God chooses the days. It's not because he went to Havadu. It's not because of anything he has in himself. It's happening by the anointing of God. Oh, Hallelujah. And anyone, somebody say that includes me. And everyone can partake of the anointing. If they will just understand the simple things I've shared with us this morning. The contradictions will not go away. Let me tell you something I'm concerned about Nigeria. This country may never develop in our generation. I'm not praying, I'm not concerned. This Nigeria, in our generation, it may never develop. Let me tell you why. Because God knows human beings. Perhaps the revival in Nigeria will die when we become a developed nation. So God will leave the contradiction. Let them continue doing their corruption, continue seeing their money, let no infrastructure so that they can still be coming to church. And some signs some of us are showing God. If I were God, thank God I'm not God. I'd be worried. Because it's not that you're just a manager and you can't come for midweek service anymore. Me, I'm concerned though. What will happen if God gives you a Mark Zuckerberg breakthrough? I mean, the only promotion you have seen now is that you are manager. You can't even come for prayer meeting. When God gives you Facebook breakthrough, what will happen? So God will just keep him at manager. So at least maybe Sunday he can be coming. That's my own concern. Because God chooses. And God uses contradictions. Look at what's happening in Europe and America. Advancement has now come. And what's the latest? We now have gay pastors and gay bishops. Ah, why are you saying, ah, don't you read news? <laughs> gay presidents. I can't even understand that one. We are in this world. But what is gay pastor? <laughs> I don't even want to understand sometimes. Now, I'm not saying Nigeria will not develop. I'm just, I also have the spirit of God. But the good news is this, whether Nigeria develops or not, you have no business suffering poverty. Because in the midst of the underdevelopment, God anoints us. Hallelujah. And some of us are enjoying that anointing. In the midst of the contradiction. 
Praise the Lord. Are you ready to pray and receive this morning? Lift those hands to heaven and begin to communicate with God. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.